Across America, BP supports more than 275,000 jobs to keep energy flowing. Jobs like building grid-scale solar energy in Ohio and producing gas with fewer operational emissions in Texas. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. The following podcast is a Dear Media production. Okay, on the topic of dating, we all know someone who has met their person on Match. Match believes the most important relationship is with yourself. So in a world where you can choose to do anything or anyone, choose you first. Because dating someone who knows what they want and won't settle for less, that's what we all want. And Match's latest study of over 5,000 U.S. singles says there's a new triple threat on the dating horizon, therapy, self-care, and emotional maturity. You guys know how I feel about that, especially because this podcast is all about taking care of ourselves and putting ourselves first. And that's what we're talking about in today's episode with Terry Cole, talking about boundaries. 87% of singles says it's very important for their partner to prioritize their mental health. And 81% report they engage in self-care at least monthly. Two-thirds of singles want to better their mental health, including 71% of Gen Z and 75% of millennials. Two-thirds of singles are open to therapy including 73% of young singles. I love this. I have so many friends who are dating right now who are in the dating pool and I live vicariously through them. They're having a lot of fun. There's nothing wrong with dating. There's nothing wrong with dating in your 20s, dating in your 30s, dating in your 40s. I feel like we put so many labels on when people should be settled down and it's just not like that. So if you do you, you already know the best relationships show up when you show up for yourself first. There's never been a better time to try Mac. Download the Match app today. Hey guys, it's Jordan Younger, your host of the Balanced Blonde Soul on Fire podcast. Here we go deep on all things astrology, awakening, wellness, motherhood, channeling, aliens, and so much more. We have deep conversations. We go to other realms. It's a lot of fun. So stick around. Let's dive on in. I cannot wait to connect. Hi guys, welcome back to the show. I'm so happy that you're here. If this is your first time listening, welcome. Today we have the wonderful Terry Cole, the boundary boss herself on the podcast. I remember listening to her on other podcasts when I was really struggling to instill boundaries in my life, which I still am and I'm still learning and having this conversation with her was like my own personal boundary boot camp. On this podcast, we often talk about being empaths, highly sensitive people, empathic. We are people pleasers. And I'm not speaking for all of us, but I'm speaking for myself. And so many of you tend to say to me, I also relate to being a highly sensitive person. I feel exhausted from relationships in my life. I struggle to create boundaries. I 
attract a lot of narcissists. I want to create a community in which I feel seen and heard and valued rather than walked all over. All of these things. And today we talked to Terry about all of it. We talk about boundaries. We also talk about narcissists and codependency. Until I was about 30 years old, I didn't realize that I had codependency issues to work on. And when I did, that changed a lot of friendships in my life for the better. And it also changed my relationship with myself. Ultimately, I feel like all of our relationships are a reflection of how we are with ourselves. And when we can become our own best friend and have our own value in mind, we attract a different style of relationship. And also when it comes to work, this is something that a lot of us struggle with. And for entrepreneurs and people who run a team, I have found that I have tendencies and my tendencies are to become friends with everyone and then start people pleasing and then start bending over backwards for everyone, even when it no longer works for me. So we talk about that in this episode too. And I'm so excited to get into it. I am a little sick, so please excuse my voice. I'm talking between coughs right now. But when we did this episode, I was perfectly healthy. And I'm so excited to get into it. If you feel inspired to rate and review the show on Apple Podcasts or Spotify, please do so and send me a screenshot to jordanatthebalancebond.com so I can thank you and send you my free ebook as a gift. Terry also gives a special code for you guys for her programs, her Boundary Bootcamp, and you can find that at the end of this episode. And you can also take the Boundary Quiz on her website, which I am also very excited to do. So without further ado, let's head into this episode with Terry Cole. I had my brain scanned approve. on Monday. <laughs> oh my God. Okay. Let's talk about that. Let's sure. start the episode. I recently yeah. had a brain scan too. Yeah. I don't know if you saw Mm-mm. ADHD anxiety galore mm. with him, Dr. Amen. Incredible. So tell us about yours. Sure. He really just asked me, we were talking about something else and he was like, Hey, would you ever, you're coming out to LA. You want to do this thing? I was like, sure. And he was like, what is your goal? And I said, honestly, my goal is to hold on to my cognitive functioning optimally as long as possible. That's what I want to know. Like, what's happening in my brain? And what can I do to make it better if it's something that's not good? So what he revealed, the brain looked pretty good, all things considered, but I did have a pretty bad car accident in 2018. Actually, on my way to Gabby Bernstein's and Zach's house with my husband, Vic, we had a head-on collision. And he, you could see that he literally noticed it. He's like, did you have a car accident? I was like, oh my God, I forgot to write it down. He's like, but your brain is literally telling me. And another thing he said is that there's so much activity that even with my daily meditation and the things that I do to ground myself in this world that we live in, he's like, your brain is so active, Terror. It's like on all the time. So we were, we're talking about how to you know, hypnosis. He wants me to do EMDR and like my top 10 traumas that might still be activated. I was Uh like, great. So that's what we did. It was very interesting. That's so interesting, especially for me to hear this about someone such as yourself who has incredible boundaries, which to me means a healthy relationship with the brain and high functioning over there in the brain. And then there's me who I can just say this openly to you, People pleaser, lack of boundaries, high anxiety in the brain. So to hear that we all have these things going on mm-hmm. in our brain is interesting. 
It is. And here's the thing about activity, though, right? You will have a less busy brain when you become more of a boundary boss. Yes. That's true, right? Because you're not, we're not endlessly ruminating about should I have said something? I did or didn't say something? Why didn't I? When we have disordered boundaries, there's a lot of like recapitulating what has happened in a way where we're like, I wish I had done something different, or I wish I had done something, or I wish I didn't do what I did. When you have better boundaries, that it takes a lot of that bandwidth sucking activity out of your daily life. But there's still so many other things. You know, I've got multiple things I'm working on right now. So finishing a workbook for Boundary Boss, which will be coming out in the spring, starting my new my new book. So I'm literally writing two things while I'm out here in LA for 50, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So, so that activity is really doing things. But I do think that maybe hypnosis might be something I'll try to, yes. to be able to turn it off, although I do. I don't work all night. I don't do emails at night. Like I've got a lot of good boundaries around these behaviors, but I do think my brain is still very busy. Yeah. And of course, I mean, you have so much going on, like you said. Mm. I definitely want to talk about the work boundaries that you have. But first, just tell the audience more about you because over here, we talk a lot about highly sensitive people. Mm. And I think all of us highly sensitive people have some struggles with boundaries. And hearing you even just start to describe what you do, I'm like, oh, that's me. I second guess everything I've ever said. (laughs) I just ruminate and ruminate. Mm -hmm. And I have tools and I do hypnosis meditations, all sorts of therapies, ketamine therapy, et cetera, Mm -hmm. which has been very helpful. But just always thinking about other people constantly. Mm -hmm. So yeah, tell us more about you Mm -hmm. and what we can do about all this. Well, from the point of view of my career, I'll just quickly you know, tell you, I was a talent agent before I became a psychotherapist, but I was always the same. I was always a highly sensitive person, and I was always an empath, even as a child. So when people say, oh, you switched from entertainment to being a psychotherapist, they're so different. I was like, they're so much the same. <laughs> what I was doing is so much the same, which is being outwardly focused on other people, Problem solving, is everyone okay? It's it's very similar, actually, you know, those things. So even though I had this really successful career in entertainment, I was young, I was running the New York office of a talent agency, negotiating contracts for supermodels and celebrities, and it was like a job that everyone was like, wow, that's amazing. And then, you know, I got that job, and I was like, I still don't feel the way that I want to feel. I was chasing something and I thought it was in the success and that it was my ambition that was going to get me there. And then when I kind of got there, I was like, oh no, there has to be something more meaningful I could do with my one and only life this time around than this, this feel. And it's not knocking entertainment. It just wasn't satisfying for me. And, you know, I kind of went against the grain because nobody thought me quitting my job at the height of my career was a good idea to become a social worker. I remember my father saying, why would you want to do that? <laughs> Typical dad response. Yeah. I was like, because I'm not happy. Mm-hmm. He literally goes, sounds weird. <laughs> <laughs> I know dads are like, wait, 
happy is not the goal. No. Like, success is the goal. I'm still success, teaching my dad that one. Stability. Mm-hmm. It's like you got a, it's a sure thing, this gig you got yeah. going. I'm like, yeah, but I don't like this thing anymore. So anyway, I made I made the change and that was 25 years ago. Yeah, that was my next question. What point in your life was that? How old were you? I was in my early 30s. I love that. Pivoting. I mean, early 30s is young, but people are so terrified to pivot. And it seems like, obviously, it was the best move for you because you were moving into what you love and something that actually lights you up. Yep. I think that for anyone out there listening and being like, I want to pivot, I think you really have to allow yourself to imagine how it could be. Like, have faith that if you leap, a better net will appear and that you're so resilient and you're so much more resilient than you know. And I'm not saying be irresponsible. And obviously, if you have zero money, don't quit your job. Not that. I waited. You know, when I knew this was going to happen, I was going to go back to school. It's not like I had a lot of money saved. I didn't. I made a ton of money and I spent it all. So I wasn't like so responsible. But I also know myself and I knew, could I be poor again and be okay? Mm-hmm. And the answer was, yeah, because I knew it. I knew it was temporary. I knew that if I put my energy into it, and if I decided that I wanted to reach more people, or whatever it is that I decided at the time, because you know that's transformed and evolved as I've transformed and evolved. But in the beginning, I just wanted a booming therapy practice. Mm-hmm. Created that, and then I was like, how do I reach more people? And that was a public platform was born in two thousand and eight. I think, I mean, my first not terrible website was probably 2011, and it was still pretty bad, but That's not still terrible. really early, though, for public platforms. Yes. 2011 was the beginning of blogs and websites, but so early. Yeah. I really did it because my girlfriend, a really close friend of mine, Chris Carr, you might know her work. I do. I love her. She's the best. But I, she was an actor when I was a talent agent. So we knew each other in our other incarnation of life, like Mm -hmm. many, I mean, decades ago. So cool. And her star started rising. And she was like, you need to be the crazy, sexy life coach in my community. I was like, okay, fine. She's like, but you need a website in less than a month because I'm going on Oprah. I was like, oh my God, okay. Wow. So that's really how I ended up getting motivated to get a website together because I had a deadline. And I was Mm -hmm. like, okay, I'm doing it. That's a cool story. I love hearing the backstory of how people started. Yeah. Wow. Our next partner has a product that I use literally every day. I started taking AG1 because I'm a new mom and I wanted more energy and I wanted to boost my immune system. I also just really love the way that it tastes, but first I wanted to see what the hype was all about. So you're probably wondering, what is this stuff? With one delicious scoop of AG1, you're absorbing 75 high quality vitamins, minerals, whole food sourced ingredients, probiotics, and adaptogens to help you start your day right. This special blend of ingredients supports your gut health, your nervous system, your immune system, energy, recovery, focus, and aging, all the things. It is very much TBB approved. If you were wondering, it's lifestyle friendly, whether you eat keto, paleo, vegan, dairy-free, or gluten-free, and it costs you less than $3 a day, so you're investing in your health, and it's cheaper than your cold brew habit. They have over 7,000 five-star reviews, and right now, it's time to reclaim your health 
and arm your immune system with convenient daily nutrition. It's just one scoop in a cup of water every day. That's it. No need for a million pills and supplements to look out for your health, which gets so taxing. So to make it easy, Athletic Greens is going to give you a free one-year supply of immune-supporting vitamin D and five free travel packs with your first purchase. All you have to do is visit athleticgreens.com slash blonde. Again, that is athleticgreens.com slash blonde to take ownership over your health and pick up the ultimate daily nutritional insurance. Enjoy. All right, guys, K18 is bringing you the future of hair care with their leave-in molecular repair hair mask that reverses hair damage in just four minutes. So one of the questions that I get asked most frequently is always about my hair. I've had very healthy hair, even withstanding postpartum, and I love this product. So unlike most products that cover up damage, this clinically proven breakthrough repairs damage from bleach and color, chemical services, and heat on all hair types. The secret is in their patented K18 peptide, born after 10 years of complex bioscience research to restore strength and elasticity in the innermost layers of your hair. Since damage is ongoing, you can start fresh with stronger, softer, smoother, bouncier hair that lasts. I'm not surprised that their leave-in molecular hair repair mask went viral. The best part is K18's easy leave-in fits into any routine, so you can repair daily damage with less stress and frustration and unlock new levels of self-expression. They are available at Sephora.com and in Sephora stores, and I just love that they can reverse hair damage. I mean, so many of us, especially those of us who get our hair highlighted, we really need this. We can use it, and I am certainly such a fan. Bring your hair into the future with K18 Molecular Repair, available now at Sephora and Sephora.com. Shop K18's leave-in molecular repair hair mask at Sephora and Sephora.com. Let me know what you guys think. Can't wait to hear your thoughts. Hi, I'm Shira Barlow, but you may know me as the food therapist. I'm so excited to announce Dear Media's first ever daily show, Good Instincts. If you've ever found it challenging to eat thoughtfully while juggling a busy schedule, then this show is for you. Instead of aiming to simply eat healthier, we'll focus on tips and mindset shifts that streamline the process. Because balance is key, and the less complicated, the better. Join me every Monday through Friday for bite-sized episodes designed to help you close the gap between where you are right now and where you want to go. Available wherever you get your podcasts. So then you were a therapist and how did boundaries become the focus? You probably started to see a lot of people are struggling with this. This is a tough one for humans, but yeah, I'm curious. Well, what do they say? You teach what you most need to learn. And so I was just a boundary effing disaster. I mean, mm -hmm. I just was a boundary disaster myself. Over-functioning, over-giving, saying yes when I wanted to say no, overextending myself, eventually becoming bitter about it and blaming other people for yeah. why are they so entitled, but really it was me doing it. Like yeah. all of this confusion. So in my own therapeutic process, I started therapy when I was 19. I stopped drinking when I was 21. So now I had a long time to, you know, you're talking about a decade of clarity of being in therapy and really starting to see, oh my gosh, so many of the things that are happening in my life have to do with the fact that I have really porous boundaries. So that's too malleable, right? You could have rigid boundaries, which are too strict. You could have porous boundaries, which is too loose. Mm -hmm. And then of course the goal is healthy boundaries. 
when I became a psychotherapist, I just saw this epidemic of the same thing. Like it almost didn't matter what the person's presenting problem was, whether they were coming in about their partner or about their career or about their family of origin or some kind of an addiction thing. I could follow the dots backwards to them not knowing anything about boundaries as being part of the problem. And so I started teaching a lot about boundaries within my therapeutic practice, creating exercises and coming up with phrases and shortcuts and ways to describe boundaries that are understandable because people are so confused. The myths abound. And when you really think about how we were raised, because so many people, my very high-functioning clients, were like, what is my problem basically. Mm -hmm. And I was like, dude, nobody, not only were we not taught, we were actually taught that if you had boundaries, you were selfish, self-absorbed, a bitch, whatever. So it isn't even just that nobody gave us the language or it sort of gave us permission to assert ourselves in a healthy way. We were really taught, be a good girl. You don't have anything nice to say. Don't say anything at all. Turn that frown around. Where's my Mm -hmm. happy girl? Think about all the ways that we were indoctrinated to make sure that other people are comfortable with the way we are being, that other people's preferences, their comfort, absolutely more important than our own, and that the more self-sacrificing you are, the better you are. We learned these things. This is how we got approval. And how we got validation from the adults in our lives, most of us. Mm-hmm. So then we get to adulthood and we don't have these skills and we're in a lot of pain because of it. But because women, the women in my practice, were super high performing women, very successful. But what I found is that they were doing it all at the expense of themselves. Like just because you can doesn't mean that you should. Mm -hmm. So for me, back to longest way around the barn to get back to why boundaries and why was that my focus? Because me becoming fluent in the language of boundaries completely changed my life internally and externally. And I was like, listen, I've had a ton of therapy. If I am still confused about what this is, everyone's confused. Like we need like the handbook where you go, Here's everything. So let's just quickly establish what are boundaries. Yeah, what are boundaries? I'm going to tell you. Tell me. It is you, Jordan, you personally, knowing your own preferences, limits, desires, and deal breakers. So I want you to think about boundaries as your own personal rules of engagement that let other people know what's okay with you Mm -hmm. and what's not okay with you. And that means you have to not just know your preferences desires, limits, and deal breakers, you need to be able to transparently and succinctly communicate them. Yes, that's the hard part. I feel very aware of what most of those things are. But when someone who you're close to or a family member or a colleague does a deal breaker in the situation, I think so many of us, probably especially women, but everyone convince ourselves not to say anything. Mm -hmm. I just had this situation going on over the weekend with something work-related. Just absolutely, I can never work with this person again type of feeling. Mm -hmm. But here I am today like, thanks so much. 
I definitely make it known with subtle communication, but I know there's a professional, non-subtle, mm-hmm. very succinct, like you said, way to communicate. So how do we do that without fearing that we're a bitch or mm-hmm. we're so hard to work with or such a diva, mm-hmm. all these things? Well, part of it is you must know yourself. You're not a bitch, you're not hard to work with, and you're not a diva. So if someone else thinks that about you, that's their side of the street. Your side of the street is your behavior, your thoughts, your actions, that's it. So if someone does something that crosses a boundary for you that is a deal breaker, informing them of that is, it's actually the most generous thing to do, Mm -hmm. even though it's hard to do. So so much of the time when I'm teaching people how to set boundaries and the way that I write it in the book is that getting proactive is really helpful. So when you have a team and you have people who work for you, being really specific about your onboarding practices and about what your expectations are on my team, people know you could live in London, but you work on East Coast time. That's your agreement. That's literally written in my agreement because I can, I'm such a, highly sensitive person and such an empath, I'm going to be worried about what time it is where you live. Mm-hmm. But I can't be. Mm-hmm. Or I cannot, like, I can't hire you. you can't be working at midnight. And also, it's, this person works for me. It's mm-hmm. got to be at my pleasure. It's got to be what is best for me. Because it's my company. It's my business, right? That makes sense. That's how yes. we do it. And when people are all, like, talking, like, wanting it to be, such, everything to be such a democracy, I'm like, No. In a successful business, it's not a democracy. These are the rules. I make them because it's my company. Mm-hmm. And you are free not to take a job with me. You, you are literally free to work somewhere else. That's perfectly fine. So I, I'm, not, I'm always like, we're super clear, right? This is not a democracy mm-hmm. in my company. Because should everyone's opinion matter as much as mine? Of course not. It's, I'm on the hook. For all of these things, whether it's a book or whether it's a course or something else. Mm -hmm. So I think that a lot of the people-pleasing tendencies can get really conflictual with leadership qualities. And so we need to understand our own desire to please others and to make sure no one is upset. And, And you said, how do we do it without being afraid? Here's the thing. You might be afraid and do it anyway. You don't have to have the perfect words. You don't have to execute it beautifully on the first time. You might be sweating. You might cry. You might (laughs) ugly cry. Who knows? Yes. But the thing is, in doing it, here's what shifts. It's not about controlling that person. Like Boundaries are not a lever to sort of get what we want from others. It is the most important aspect is that when we assert our own truth, when we negotiate for our needs and the things that we want— that changes us. That is where our healing is. That is where we transform, even if the other person flips out. Right. And the other person's like, you're impossible, blah, blah, who cares? <laughs> the, the truth, you can say, hey, I see you're upset, and I will have to restate that I'm. this is still not okay with me, or whatever, mm-hmm. whatever the, the deal breaker was for you. I want you to know I didn't appreciate that. And in the future, if we ever do work together again, I want you to know that that's unacceptable Mm -hmm. to me. That's so empowering. And you're so right. 
the hard conversations to have are the ones that are life changing. And I've been challenging myself to have more conversations like that all over the board. And it's kind of crazy how you get more used to it when you start doing it. And then I can look back on each of those conversations and I don't regret anything. And that is so different for a highly sensitive person. And here's the thing, Jordan, you can then put it down. What happens when we ruminate our asses off and when we're thinking about something and when we wake up at three in the morning and we're like, I don't know why I didn't say anything to that person or whatever's mm-hmm. happening. My life. Yeah, my life in a there, nutshell. There you go. Is that it takes up all this bandwidth and it's completely unnecessary and it's ineffective. Even a bad boundary conversation is better than that. Is better mm-hmm. than no conversation. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. And leaving you ruminating because what happens is when we have the conversation, even if the other person doesn't like what we said, we can then put it down. We're like, oh, that's now off my plate because Mm -hmm. I told the truth about what was happening for me. Whether it's somebody, I recently had a situation with someone who was trying to triangulate me, like get me into a situation that really had to do with her and another person. Mm -hmm. And she was, you know, pouring her heart out in this direct message and saying, you know, it took me so much courage to tell you this. And one day I'll tell you the whole story that happened with me and this Uh other person. And I just got back and said, I'm so glad my work is helping. And that's not a conversation for me. Maybe one day you and Betty will decide to have that conversation together. I hope you're well. Wow. What a good response. Mm -hmm. For those of us who frequently find ourselves in the middle of things, I'm just going to take that response verbatim. Uh-huh. Oh my God. I love that. And loving. You yes, can be loving. in a loving way. Absolutely. And we can, oh, here's the thing with boundaries. And one of the biggest myths is that people feel like you have, if you have good boundaries, you're being aggressive or you're mean or you're self-centered. You can always set boundaries with kindness. Mm-hmm. When I'm talking to someone I care about, a friend, and I have to let them know I can't do something they want me to do, even if it's something I want to do, I say, I love that you think of me. I so appreciate that you always think of me. And actually, I can't do Sunday, but I'll be there with you in spirit. Mm-hmm. I hope you have a great time. So we can always you know, call it like sweetening your boundary mm-hmm. request. I like that. I'm the queen of saying, I'll be there in spirit for everything. Yeah. Instead of saying yes... And canceling Mm -hmm. last minute, like when you're a people pleaser and you're kind of an insta yes person, first of all, let's just get clear that every person in your life knows it, right? Like I know, I love my friends, even Mm -hmm. my people pleaser friends. Mm -hmm. But when they go, I'll definitely be there. (laughs) I think in my mind, well, it's a 50% chance she's going to be there. That's me. I used to be that person. I've gotten a lot better at saying the truth, which is not always a no, but not always a yes. I'll try to be there. But how about just maybe? I don't know. Yeah, exactly. Because here's the thing. Trying is not, no, no. Either you're doing or you're not doing. There's no trying. So my feeling is with that language, I would say, hey, I don't know. Wow. Yeah, that's a hard thing for me to say. But you don't know. I don't know. And allow yourself to be, as Deepak would say, like be in the not knowing. The Mm -hmm. infinite possibilities of your life exist in the unknown. (laughs) Yes. It's a spiritual way of thinking. Yeah. Wow. I like that a lot. So with the root of boundaries, I have a question about that because I'm pretty sure I know where Mm -hmm. my boundary issues came from. And I'm sure they came from a lot of different places. We have many roots. Mm -hmm. But when I was in high school, well, for 10 years, actually, I was with an addict Mm -hmm. and 
there was a lot of unhealthy behavior in our relationship. Mm -hmm. And by the time I was 14, my life's purpose felt to keep this person alive and to keep this person healthy. Mm -hmm. And that was the only reason I felt that I existed. And Mm -hmm. it took up, talk about bandwidth. It took up all of it. So I can see now, even though I'm in a healthy relationship, healthy friendships, this has carried with me through my life in Mm -hmm. every single way. So I'm sure a lot of people listening have had someone in their life who is an addict or just any type of unhealthy relationship. Mm Mm-hmm. All right, so let's talk about the two the two most common places where we our boundary dysfunction comes from. We're all of us pretty much raised and praised to be self-abandoning codependents. So let's just just put that away, but it's true. So no matter country, culture, I've had people from 200 countries take my boundary boot camp course. And not one was like, oh, yeah, I learned about boundaries when I was a child. Mm -hmm. Nobody, not in school. And it's the same thing. Some countries are even worse with how much misogyny there is and how much expectation that women will make themselves small and all of that. So we have what I call your boundary blueprint. So these are the adults that raised you, what you witnessed, the country, the culture, the family culture that you're from, as to... What did you learn makes you a good person, a good girl, a good woman, a good whoever, whatever you identify as, right? And so much of the time, we I, I had a maternal impactor, as I call it, my mother, who was a people pleaser, right? Who was, you know, would never like make a scene, very kind of waspy in the way of just making sure everything is okay. You know, being, again, being very outwardly focused on are other people okay? Is there going to be a problem here? Going to be a problem there? So I learned that and then the expectation that you would be a good girl that you will not be a troublemaker so that's one place and then we have our young life experiences which is what you're talking about that play a huge role in what develops further as we grow so what you're describing in your young life is codependency so with codependency think about what codependency is It is being overly invested in the feeling states, the outcomes, the circumstances, the decisions, the relationships of someone else in your life. In your situation, it was your partner who was an addict to the detriment of your own internal peace, your own, let's say, psychological, physical, spiritual, financial well-being, because we're so obsessively focused on someone else, whatever we need to do to make sure they're okay, we figure out how to do it. But at its core, codependency is built on disordered boundaries because all of what I just described is us going over to someone else's side of the street and cleaning up and taking care and making excuses and giving money and over-functioning. So when I first started my practice, I would see different codependent behaviors in my clients. And I would say, hey, what you're describing is a codependent you know, pattern. And inevitably, they would be like, no, 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 wrong. I am, no, everyone's dependent on me, lady. I'm Uh making all the money. I'm doing all the things. I'm fixing all the problems. I'm the rock in my family of origin and my friendship group. You're wrong. And I was like, (laughs) I was like, oh, my clients don't know what codependency is. (laughs) 
I'm so happy it's the holiday season, but the holidays can also be stressful. There's a lot to do around the holiday season. It's not all sleigh bells and mistletoe. There are airports, shopping malls, dining tables crowded with people. Some you're glad to only see once a year. Give yourself the ultimate gift of a stress-free holiday with Next Evo Naturals fast-absorbing CBD products. You guys know I love my CBD. Next Evo's Stress CBD Complex Gummies are clinically proven to have four times better absorption than standard CBD. No other CBD brand can promise that. I've been using them for a while. I've been struggling with some stress, some anxiety. I also haven't been feeling well lately, so that's been causing me a little more stress. And let me tell you a little bit about CBD. It doesn't have THC in it, so you don't have to worry about that. It won't get you high. Regular CBD oil works more slowly because of how our bodies process oil-based ingredients compared to water-soluble supplements. So they are a water-soluble supplement. They give you so much better absorption. They use something called SmartSore, which upgrades CBD's natural absorption power. It's scientifically formulated to deliver more CBD Fast, the only brand clinically proven to deliver 30 times better absorption in the first 30 minutes. They also use ashwagandha, which is one of my favorite ingredients. Get smarter CBD from Next Evo Naturals and get up to 25% off subscription orders of $40 or more at nextevo.com slash podcast promo code balanced. That is N-E-X-T-E-V-O.com slash podcast promo code balanced. This episode is sponsored by BetterHelp. I am such a fan of BetterHelp. I love taking care of our mental health. That's why we have a psychotherapist on the podcast today. Life doesn't come with a user manual, and anytime we're going through something stressful, it's so helpful to have support. I love that BetterHelp Online Therapy is basically the next box thing to life having a user manual. Navigating the challenges of life can be really difficult, whether you're changing careers, becoming a parent like myself this year, or you have anything new going on in your life. Maybe you have chronic illness, which can be really challenging. Therapists are trained to help you figure out the cause of challenging emotions and learn productive coping skills, which makes therapy the closest thing to a guided tour of the complex engine called you. So I've been in therapy personally for many years. I think you've heard me talk about it on the podcast. From the time I was five until my late 20s, I was in therapy every single week. So I am a huge advocate for just life skills, self-empowerment, dealing with trauma. I've benefited so much from therapy. BetterHelp is the world's largest therapy service. They have matched 3 million people with professionally licensed and vetted therapists available 100% online. It's also very affordable. Just fill out a brief questionnaire to match with the therapist. If things aren't clicking, you can easily switch therapists anytime. No waiting rooms, no traffic, no searching for the right therapist endlessly. Learn more and save 10% off your first month at betterhelp.com slash balanced. That's betterhelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash balanced. Yeah, a lot of people don't. It was actually Krista who taught me about codependency and you were probably the person who taught her about it. Probably. And I was the same. I'm like, no, I don't think I'm codependent. And she was like, well, every problem that you have actually stems from that. So tell us what codependency really is. Well, what I ended up doing because my clients couldn't identify themselves as codependents, so therefore they were suffering and not knowing how to get out of pain. 
So I created a different label called High Functioning Codependency. And I was like, that makes sense. Now, when I said high functioning codependency, my clients were like, oh, yes. Oh, that's me. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. (laughs) They're like, that's me. So what is that? It means that you're doing all the things for all the people. But because you're so high functioning and you're so capable, you make it look easy. And people think, literally think you have it like 100% all together. You are the one that people are coming to with their issues, but you're doing it all at the expense of yourself in some way. Either you're internally exhausted, you're feeling resentful of the burden of other people. Life starts becoming like this, just boxes to check. Even things that should bring you joy, you're just like, get it done, just get it done, just get mm-hmm. it done, get it done. So my clients were like, oh my God, yes, that's me. So actually that's my next book that I'm writing right now is about high functioning codependency because it's such a phenomenon, wait. right? That is happening in our world of highly capable women. Mm-hmm. And we're damn tired. Exhausted. And something I've heard you talk about is the correlation between physical symptoms and lack of boundaries. So for someone like me who has mm-hmm. chronic autoimmune conditions, mm-hmm. I have hives all over my face. Mm -hmm. How is this related? I know it's related, but I would love to hear from your perspective. Mm -hmm. Well, I can tell you what I've seen being a psychotherapist for 25 years, that especially my high-functioning codependent women who just can't stop. Something happens physically, so they must stop. Yeah. Yeah. But then we keep going again (laughs) once we get better. That's how I am at least. Yes. But here's the thing. You have a choice right now, right now, to say you're going to power pivot and you're going to learn what high-functioning codependency really is and you're going to stop doing things for others that they can and should be doing for themselves and that you're going to realize that your partner, their emotional state, what's happening for them is on their side of the street and you can support them without taking on their problem. Because think about what codependency is. We are literally inserting ourselves, at least this, is, this was my style in my 20s, inserting myself into the middle of someone else's situation. The moment they were like, oh my God, I have a crisis. I'm like, oh my God, I have the answer. Can't wait. Love to fix so here's it. Here's me. I am mm-hmm. Googling. I'm calling people. I have you an interview on Wednesday. Like, Absolutely. Cannot get into action fast enough. Yes. That's me. I mean... You mentioned partner, and it's interesting because my husband is the one person who I feel like we don't have a codependent relationship. It's mostly because of his style of communication, and he helps me. I mean, I will ruminate over friends, work stuff for days, for years, and he will just sit me down and be like, you have to stop. And he's so healthy with it, and... It's nice to have a relationship like that in my life. Mm -hmm. But for people who are struggling with codependency with their partners, what would be your advice? Well, first you have to get clear. So so we would do what I would call like a a resentment inventory. Because here's the thing. This is where you're feeling resentful is probably where you're overextending yourself or where you can't control something, where a need is going unmet or a boundary is being crossed, whether you've voiced that boundary or not. So I think the first and fastest way that if people listening are like, well, what should I do first? Well, let's do a resentment inventory because you know who you're holding 
resentment for right now. Even if it's small, don't feel petty. Write it down. And you might also see a pattern that you might have it with like your siblings more than your friends, or you might have it with your friends more than your partner. But write it down because those are the initial relationships and experiences that need your attention. Then you have to understand what is your 50%? Because every relationship and every interaction that you have, you are exactly 50% of that because how can you be anything more or anything less? Even if the other person is acting terribly, your 50% is staying, right? Or not saying anything or not putting up a boundary or not letting them know how you feel. So when we get clear about where am I doing more than I should be? Where am I doing all the emotional labor in life? Because this is a whole other thing with disordered boundaries is that so much of the time as people who are raised as women, it's just like people just think shit magically happens like in the house. You know what I mean? Like the food just brings itself. The toilet paper mm-hmm. just replaces itself. The kids, dentist, doctor, and all of that just happens. And of course it doesn't. And it's not like in the 70s when women could become more than a nurse, a teacher, or whatever. You think in the 70s when we could actually have other careers. It's not like anyone was like, oh, now you're not going to do all the stuff at home. It was like for so many of us, this whole superwoman thing came up and we just feel like we have to do all the things at work, all the things at home, just all the things. Yeah. And you can't. No, you can't. That's such good advice. Mm -hmm. And then what about for people dealing with a narcissist? We all know them. Describe what a narcissist is, because Mm -hmm. that was also enlightening to me to learn the behaviors of an actual narcissist. Mm -hmm. And then how do we create boundaries with them? Because it's so important to have boundaries with narcissists. It is. Well, first of all, the reality of people with narcissistic personality disorder, probably 6% of the U.S. has that or 7%. So that's high. Again, it is. So we all know. So you all know one. But I feel like on the interwebs, there's a lot of talk about narcissism. And I think it's important that we get clear about what that is, because someone who's self-centered or self-absorbed is not necessarily a narcissist, right? Someone who can be mean is not necessarily a narcissist. The telltale quality of a narcissist is their inability to have empathy or sympathy or compassion for another human being. Now, that is really scary, because I want you to actually think about what that means. Someone literally not having the capability to put themselves in your shoes, to go, hmm, I wonder how that would feel. Very self-focused and control is the biggest, their their biggest lever. So in the beginning of a relationship with the narcissist, we've all heard about love bombing. That is how they're sucking you into their vortex. It's magical, especially if you're a codependent. I mean, narcissists and codependents, I did a blog that went viral, why narcissists and codependents can't break up. Wow. Because it's literally perfectly dysfunctional, where the narcissist is like, amazing, this is going to be all about me. Mm -hmm. And the codependent's like, can't wait to make it all about you. (laughs) Yep. Great. Until you get over it, though. Yeah. Because you do. It's not that satisfying, of course, to stay in that situation. So once you get love bombed into the relationship, there will always be the moment where it turns, where something else happens, where the first time when you come down and say, oh, is this okay? And they're like, actually, you look really fat in those pants. And you're like, 
oh my God. Now this is the person who is basically telling you how perfect you are, how amazing you are. Sex is amazing. They're giving you massive gifts. They're taking you places, making you feel special. Love bomb, love bomb, love bomb. So then you have that moment and you're like, oh, maybe they're just having an off night. No, this is the beginning of the devaluing phase. And then there'll be a discard phase. And you, this can cycle days, weeks, months, years with these relationships. So in the book, the way that I wrote it is that one of the chapters is just called Boundary Destroyers. And that covers narcissists and other cluster B personality disorders where untreated, let's say. People who the regular rules for sure don't apply. So what you learn in the book and in the, my course is about proactive boundary setting, the language, the scripts, all the things I give you, we're sort of dealing with kind of regular people-ish. You could be difficult, but like you can't have a diagnosable thing. I created the Boundary Destroyer one to basically teach people the top manipulation tactics used by narcissists to gain control of the person who's being victimized. And so we have the love bombing. We also have gaslighting, which we hear quite a bit about now too, where if you don't know what that is, you probably do, but maybe people listening don't. It's someone denying your lived experience and trying to make you feel like you're losing it, making you more dependent on them. And I've had different experiences as a therapist with clients who are in relationships with narcissists. And it's not just no, you never told me that, right? Because a narcissist would lie to your face and be like, no, that's not what happened. We never had that conversation. And saying things like, what are you talking about? Then you have the faux concern. Like, babe, I'm really worried about you. I feel like you're going off the rails. I mean, Bob even said he was worried too. I wasn't going to say anything, but it's not just me. Again, wow. peer pressuring you, mm -hmm. making you feel like you're nuts. Even Bob thinks you're nuts. Lying splitting hairs, making you feel bad, guilting. And really a lot of it too is isolating you from other people in your life. Mm -hmm. they don't, they're not good sharers and they don't want to share you. Yeah. They want you alone. Sounds familiar. They hate your friends. Mm -hmm. Your friends are all idiots. I've known people like this, not in a relationship, thank God, but former friends. Mm -hmm. And it's a dangerous situation. And what you're saying about a narcissist not being able to have any empathy also sounds like a sociopath. Is yeah. that the same thing? I know that there are technical differences because narcissists have a tendency. It, it's a relational thing. Like they need a person to get their narcissistic supply. Someone who's sociopathic, it's different. You know, it's it's, it's not actually the same. They're both very scary. Mm -hmm. But, you know, you look at sociopaths, you see them as like serial killers. Do you know what I mean? Yep. Now, I'm not saying a narcissist couldn't be a serial killer, but it's almost like the torture and the patterns in a narcissist, with a narcissist in that kind of a relationship. You're living in your own hell. Mm -hmm. So it's clearly an abusive relationship. But it's something that is very hard to describe because if you had parents, either parent who was a narcissist, your friends are like, oh my God, your mom is so cool. Uh-huh. I have seen that happen too. Wow. So what do we say to a narcissist, especially when they keep coming back? Mm -hmm. I have someone like that who is total narcissist. I have had such good boundaries, probably the best boundaries I've ever had. Mm -hmm. But they never stop. Like years, they never stop. 
So what do we say? Or do we just at some point not say anything? Well, I think that we have to decide who gets to be in the VIP section of our amazing life. Like, think about it this way. You're the only bouncer. Like, you literally are making the guest list for your VIP section. So we got to be really discerning about who we let close to us. If it's a family member and you feel like you can't just cut them off, let's say, then as little response as possible. I mean, we talk about gray rock, right? This is a technique, a strategy that actually someone on the internet made up. And I don't even know, I, I cite the person from the original blog, but I don't even know who the person is. They don't even have their name. But in the world of narcissism, we all talk about this, where you become as boring Mm. as possible, mm-hmm. like super uninteresting from your facial expression to w- the way you dress. If they're like, did you, don't tell me you wore that to the interview. You'd be like, I did. <laughs> I love that. That is such a good tip because what they feed off of is the drama and the excitement and the, yeah, the drama of I'm it trying all. to make you feel bad. Mm-hmm. The humiliation, the mm-hmm. misunderstanding you. Sometimes narcissists will just straight up be like, oh, so you're saying blah, blah, blah. You're mm-hmm. like, not at all. That's not what I was saying, but it doesn't matter because now the game is afoot. Right mm-hmm. now they're in and they're getting that narcissistic supply f- through the conflict, which is obviously so not, you are unwell if you are doing this, but your job is to opt out, is to have appropriate space between you and someone like this. Do not tell narcissist anything that is important to your most tender heart Mm -hmm. do not make yourself actually vulnerable which is very hard especially if it's a parent even though they've screwed you so many times and like you know kind of they're gonna but the little kid in us is like maybe this time it's gonna be different yeah it's not so heal those original injuries through therapy through books through courses whatever you need to do and We have to accept people's limitations. Like when someone shows you who they are, believe them. Yep. As Maya Angelou would say. Mic draw. That's so important. I want to ask you a couple of the rapid fires that I ask everyone who comes on. Great. And we have to do a part two with you because I have 150 more questions. So let's plan it. Yes. But to get into the rapid fires, do you know your sun rising and moon signs? What's your zodiac sign? I'm an Aries. Oh, you're an Aries. I totally see it. I love it. And do you know your human design? No. Okay, we'll have to look it up. My audience is laughing because I say this to so many people. We will look it up. Okay. What is the meaning of life? I think do good. That's that's the only thing that came to my mind. Mm-hmm. It's be a force for good. You, you can be anything. Be kind. Mm. Add value to someone else's life. Slow down. Hold the door. Smile. Don't get caught up in all this minutia, right? Like, what is the meaning of life? Being decent mm-hmm. to me. Love it. If you could be in a room with three people, mm. living or dead, who would they be? Well, definitely Barbara Streisand. Definitely Oprah Winfrey. Maybe Deepak. Wow. I bet you can make that happen. Let's manifest it. I love it. It's going to be on my vision board. Yes, I love it. And where can everyone find you? Okay. Well, actually, I have a gift for your audience. Ooh, yay. So it's boundaryboss.me forward slash balanced blonde. And I thought that I, I 
figured the audience was similar to my audience, where I'm giving you a strategy, a little video, and a downloadable guide for boundaries and codependency. And I think that would be very helpful. And you also can go take the boundary quiz. It's free. Just go to boundaryquiz.com if you want to find out your boundary archetype. Like, are you more porous? Are you a pushover? Are you more of an ice queen? You, it's just 13 quick questions. It's completely free. And I think people find it very helpful. And you guys can find me at terrycole.com. On Instagram, I'm just at terrycole, which is really where I, I kind of hang out the most is on Instagram. Cool. I can't wait to take the quiz. That sounds so fun. If I had to guess, oh my God, what did you say they were? There's pushover, ice queen. There's pushover, ice queen, peacekeeper, the chameleon, the loner. Hmm. I'm probably the peacekeeper. Yep. What are you? I'm actually, oh, there's one that I didn't tell you. It's, it's the um, powerhouse. Oh. Which is when you're out of balance, if you're a powerhouse, you're kind of bossy. You might sit too close. You get auto advice giving to people. <laughs> Oops. <laughs> when you are balanced as a powerhouse, you can be a phenomenal leader. You have an extroverted personality. Mm -hmm. But when, you're, when your boundaries are in balance, you can listen to others. You can allow others to shine. It's not all about like cramming your way to the front, which is what it is when you're out of balance. So each one of the archetypes there's a video. Once you get your thing, then there's a video of me explaining, this is you out of balance, this is you in balance, and now here are some ideas of how you can get into boundary balance. Cool. So there's pros and cons of each. Mm -hmm. I can't wait to take it. I know. Thank you so much for coming on. This was so fun. I could talk to you all day. I love it. Thank you so much for having me, Jordan. Thank I appreciate you, it. Thank you guys so much for listening to the show. I'm so happy that you're here. Come say hi on Instagram at The Balance Wand and tell me what your favorite part of this episode was. Subscribe, rate, and review on Apple Podcasts and send me a screenshot of your rating and review for a free Soul on Fire yoga ebook. See you next Wednesday. Love you guys. Please note that this episode may contain paid endorsements and advertisements for products and services. Individuals on the show may have a direct or indirect financial interest in products or services referred to in this episode.